love Lucy. And I'm Diana, and I, you know, like Lucy. And this is My Favorite Redhead, the podcast where I show Diana every I Love Lucy episode in order, and then we discuss them together until she and all of you love Lucy too. So episode six is called The Audition. It starts off with Ricky in bed, and Lucy comes in to wake him up because he's got an appointment. And he's resistant to waking up, so she grabs his... What kind of drum is that? A conga. A conga. And starts playing Babalu, which is terrifying. (laughs) And as you'd imagine, he just leaps out of bed looking like he's been shot. And she, um, you know, rushes him to get ready for his thing. Turns out he's got an audition with some TV people that he's trying to um, court to get a TV show. And she wants him to make her part of the act, because that's like her thing is that she wants to be like a an actress so he's shaving and they're doing this whole bit and he says he just wants a wife who is a wife who cooks and cleans and brings him his slippers and makes him pie and is mother of his children and all that and she says because he's shaving she says you're missing a good bit and he says what bit and she says because i can sing and dance and do jokes which was a line that I thought was funny. (laughs) So then after he's all cleaned up and he's ready to go, uh, Fred comes over and tells him that the audition is going to be that night. Uh, Previously, they didn't know when the audition was going to be. He just had to be ready for it. So Fred tells him the audition is going to be that night. So Ricky says, whatever you do, don't tell Lucy, but I'm going to keep her distracted because we have these wills that we need to take to an attorney, so I'll just have her do that all day. So Lucy comes back into the room and Ricky's telling her, I need you to take these wills down to the attorney. And she freaks out because she thinks that Ricky has a will because something bad's going to happen and he's sick or something. So she gets sad about the thought of that. And then he tells her, I know there's a will for you too. And then she gets mad and she's like, what, are you going to bump me off? (laughs) And he's like, no, you just have to take it to the attorney. She says she absolutely can't do that because she's got to get her hair dyed. I mean, washed. So... We have a slip there about the nature of her famously red hair. So then at the Tropicana, um, we see Ricky rehearsing with his band, and they're rehearsing Babalu, which is um, something that he's known for. So they're just preparing for the TV people coming. There's a clown named Buffo, who is kind of a really weird character, and he's, (laughs) he's riding around on a bike, and he runs into the table because he's got a problem with his brakes, and he injures himself. So Ricky says for Fred to take him back to the Ricardo flat. So then we see Buffo the Clown in the Ricardo flat, just kind of, like, recuperating. Lucy comes home from shopping and finds him there, and she attacks him. As you would if you saw, like, a random clown in your house when you get I mean, honestly, if you came home and there's just a clown chilling in your living room, you probably would. Good to know that Lucy can take care of herself. (laughs) But he explains who he is, and he tells her that the show is that night, which, of course... Ricky had told her that it wasn't, so she's in on the ruse now. So he th- he thinks he's ready to go, so he gets back on his bike to test out the brakes. In her living room. In her living room. This dude has no manners. And naturally the brakes are still busted and he goes flying through the kitchen door, which is like, well, you're an asshole, sir, so. Now we need a new door. Yes. So now he's injured for sure and can't go, so he says, no, you don't have time to replace somebody, you're gonna have to do it. So, of course, she's super excited about that. A little too excited about that. So then we switch back to the Tropicana that night, and Ricky gets to have his uh, Babalu moment with his super fluffy bangs, or fringe. 
And Buffo, of course, doesn't show up because he's injured. And so Fred says, he's not coming. You're going to have to close the show. So Ricky starts to close the show. And then Lucy shows up with this massive gag cello. And what does she call him? Ricky Riscardo? Risky Riscardo. Risky Riscardo. And uh, so she's got this whole thing. And it's very silly. And there are a number of gags in this thing. And Ricky says that um, he'll let her audition. So obviously he's in on what's going on. He's playing along. So he says, we can't just let you into the band. You have to audition for it. So there's a whole thing about whether or not she can actually play this massive uh, gag cello that she has. Uh, She does this thing with her gloves where she's like pulling up her sleeves and then she's pulling off her gloves and the glove is like six feet long. You know, there's just a lot of funny things to do with the cello. And so Ricky decides that obviously she can't play the cello, but, and he keeps calling her the professor. I guess he's a professor of music. So he says, we have this new instrument, and I wonder if you can play it. And of course, it's got this long, crazy name. And Lucy says, of course she can play it. So he rolls it out, and it's just a bunch of horns. <laughs> and so she gets down on her knees and pretends that she's a seal and just keeps, like, hitting all the horns. And this must be, like, um, like an established gag, because Ricky has a bucket of fish, and they're doing this whole, like, seal thing with <laughs> her, like, hopping around, and he's got this big bucket of fish. And, um... The audience really enjoys it. So the next scene is they're back at the flat and Ricky is really dejected and mopey and Lucy's like, hey, how you doing? (laughs) So she comes out and she's feeling really guilty and she apologizes that the TV people offered her a show instead of him and ruined his big night. And uh, so she says, you know, I know you just wanted a wife who was just a wife who would cook and clean and bring you your slippers and be mama to your babies. So I have a surprise for you. And he gets really excited because, you know, he's that kind of person. And then she's like, I baked your favorite pie. (laughs) All right. And I just had a thought. Um, We see Buffo the Clown break the door. And then later that same day... (laughs) The door is fixed, so I wonder if at some point after the rehearsal, Fred, the landlord, came in and hung a new kitchen door. (laughs) Yeah, is it actually the same day? Because I just kind of assumed it was a few days in the future. I think it's the same day, because um, that rehearsal... Oh, because he comes in and he looks kind of bedraggled. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's the same day that she's um, supposed to go down and send the will or Mm. turn in the wills and then the show is that night i think it's meant to be the same day that kind of confused me because um now that i'm remembering it in the moment because he comes in and he sits in the couch and she says something like it's three and three Mm o'clock or something like that and so i was like i just assumed he'd been at the club until like three which isn't that unusual if you work at the club and, but she's already, like, dressed with her, um, like, apron on and stuff. So I'm like, did he know that was her? Which is like, how could he not? But, you know, it was a costume. Mm-hmm. But then she's talking, like... And obviously he was in on whatever the joke was because he was playing along with it. Yeah, so, I was so like, that's What's... the act Buffo would have done. Right. So... Which wouldn't have been as funny with him as it was with Lucy. Let's just no, put that it out wouldn't there. <laughs> so I was a little confused on the timing because I thought at first, oh, it is the same night and he didn't know it was her, but then he obviously did, like, a couple lines later, so... I kind of assumed that probably, say, he 
usually gets off at, you know, 1 a.m. or 2 Mm -hmm. a.m., something of that nature. And he stayed out much later than normal because he was just so sad and mopey. (laughs) And she came home by herself and changed. Yeah, I would assume that the show would end before the club closes because the nightclub patrons are going to want to get up and start dancing and all that fun stuff. So probably she had been finished performing for a few hours and... I would imagine the night or the TV executives took her aside at that point. Yeah. And then after she talked to them, she came home and he probably mobily told her, I'll be home when we're finished here. Yeah. And then it took him a lot longer because he had to be sad the whole way and, like, yeah. you know, walk like um, David Michael in Arrested Development with his head hanging down yeah. while the Charlie Brown kicking cans plays. all the way home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's the amount of like detail and closing plot holes you don't really expect from a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just us speculating. Yeah. Anyways, um, for production notes, um, this episode aired November 19th, uh, 1951, and was filmed on October 12th, 1951. It was written by our season one team of Jess Oppenheimer, Madeline Pugue, and Bob Carroll Jr., and was directed by Mark Daniels. Ethel, Vivian Vance, doesn't appear in this episode. Oh, yeah. I think that's the first time that's happened. Yeah. I'm not really sure why Fred was there, to be honest. Like, do we see him at the club that often? Not really, but um, there's actually... Because he was hanging around, like, executive producer or Mm -hmm. something. So this episode was a remake of the pilot, Mm. and um, the pilot that was once thought lost, and it actually didn't air on television until like 1990. In that pilot, which we're going to discuss most of this Mm -hmm. when we get to our special episode about the pilot, but the part that Fred has was played by a different character mm. in the original pilot because they hadn't really finalized who Fred and Ethel Mertz were going to be or really who their friends and neighbors were going to be at all. So the pilot just kind of focused on Ricky and Lucy and the character that came in was actually a character we've met before, the Agent Jerry. Mm. So he had all of Fred's lines in the pilot. Yeah, that would have made more sense. Yeah, and I guess in this they just wanted to... <laughs> bring in Fred because we're more familiar with him so they have the whole oh yeah I found this telegram yeah. I received this I opened your mail and I opened it by yeah. mistake which that did feel kind of shoehorned yeah. in like what do you accidentally open yeah. Ricky's mail <laughs> so I think that's what that was they just wanted to use Fred for those lines but so anyways the scene where Ricky and Lucy are discussing their wills is taken from the My Favorite Husband radio show episode, The Wills, and it was also the same episode that inspired the premise for Lucy thinks Ricky is trying to murder her. So in that radio show episode, her husband asks her to take the wills down to be, you know, notarized or whatever. Yeah, I did feel like a do. callback. Yeah, and then after he has that conversation with her, she starts thinking that he's going to kill her, and then she overhears this yeah. shopping list of his where he's buying, yeah. like, rope and poison right. and all this stuff, and it's stuff that he needs for, like, this camping weekend or yeah. whatever. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And that skit with the professor, Lucy, doing her whole little routine, that was actually taken directly from the vaudeville act that Lucy and Desi performed before I Love Lucy got picked up as a series. They did their whole act to kind of prove to the television network 
that the public wanted to see them together and buy them as a couple. And the act was so funny that they ended up using it in the script for the pilot for the show. And then because this is a takeoff on that pilot, it made it into this episode. It's really cute. It's yeah. a really cute act. And when they did this act on Bonneville, Lucille Ball was actually pregnant with their daughter, Lucy. So I thought that was going to be the reveal. Yeah, so she's, like, flopping around on the ground and playing a seal while she's, like, heavily pregnant. But that's why they picked some character that she could play wearing this baggy, goofy outfit to hide her baby bump. And the special cello that Lucy used was actually designed for her by Pepito Perez. And he played the Buffo the Clown role in the pilot, but he was called Pepito the Clown. And he's actually going to appear later in a couple of episodes of I Love Lucy. And there will also be times where, after they have little Ricky, if you hear him crying offstage, those cries are performed by Pepito the Clown. Oh. He was unavailable when they filmed this episode, so that's why they got the guy that played Buffo for this. And his name is Paul Moran, and he was an actor and a circus performer, and he was known for kind of playing clowns in different shows and movies and one of the movies that he actually was in was called the lemon drop kid with william frawley who plays fred mertz i think we have that yeah i don't think we've seen it but we have it i I haven't seen it but i've seen i it's one of my every year christmas movies oh (laughs) and when they pan over to the three sour faces, i knew you were gonna bring that up because you mentioned it (laughs) yeah the TV executives that they panned to, the bald one on the far left was actually our showrunner, Jess Oppenheimer, and the other two were different executives from CBS. So they're actually TV executives? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're kind of playing themselves, except for Jess Oppenheimer, who was just putting on a face. (laughs) I just imagine them being like, hey, you want to be in TV? Yeah. (laughs) And also, um, the term audition was used kind of like we would use the term pilot now so when they made the pilot episode of i love lucy they called it the audition film or the audition episode oh i kind of love that yeah and so when ricky was saying he's getting ready for an audition it wasn't like i'm auditioning to play a part on a show it was they're going to come down and see my show and see if they think it's going to work for tv and i was thinking this ricky ricardo variety show where he performs and then a clown comes out yeah. it sounds very entertaining <laughs> silly but entertaining. i was kind of confused at the time i just thought it was weird that it's like obviously he's gonna do babaloo because he's a he's a singer right mm-hmm. but then the clown came out and i thought at first when the clown came out i thought that he was just a clown who wandered in off the street and was doing some buffoonery i was like i didn't make sense to me that yeah. was part of the show because i was like it, it feels kind of discordant between mm-hmm. you know music good music and then just then there's just this guy on a bike and it's weird so i don't know if that was like popular and like expected at the time because it does have kind oh, yeah. of a benny hill feel to it yeah it's um and it's that kind of a show i i would imagine that's what ricky's show would have been it would have been this variety show where he would perform musical numbers every week and then other actors and performers would come in and do like comedy skits with him like Bob Hope's TV show was kind of like that and there's actually an episode where the whole cast of I Love Lucy is on there and he has like musical numbers uh-huh. and then they come out and do a very silly skit where everyone plays different parts than they normally play. That's wild. It's it's very funny. So that was kind of a thing on TV back then. I think 
variety shows might have even been more popular than sitcoms were at this time. Because for the most part, TV now is like it's it's pretty pretty niche mm-hmm. in terms of like you have a scripted show or you have like a talk show yeah. that is still partially scripted, but it's like even the talk shows you know, the host will talk a whole bunch Mm -hmm. and then they'll do like an interview and then there might be like a song. Yeah. But it's, we don't have a lot of other kinds of performances. I think maybe the closest to something like that would be like a late night show. Yeah. Where you have like, you know, James Corden doing his opening bit and then he does bits with the other um, guest stars for the week. And, or I guess maybe like an SNL type of show because they have musical numbers every week and obviously the whole thing is a skit comedy so that's definitely interesting stuff but i would have watched the ricky ricardo (laughs) show had it been real (laughs) and had i been there which i wasn't and speaking of babalu this was the first of many times in the series that desi arnaz would perform babalu which is of course the song that he's most known for and i do think it's interesting that before desi arnaz got to perform his signature song Lucy got to sing it first because, you know, it's her show. (laughs) I also kind of felt like that was, um, I was going to say I thought this was a really great, this would have been a great pilot episode Mm -hmm. had they, because you do lead with Babalu, which of course people already know him for that. Yeah. And it does, it does set up the character. The only thing is that of course, um, Ethel's not in it, Mm -hmm. which she's a big part of the show. Yeah. But it does, I think, show a decent dynamic between the other characters. Although again, like we said Fred's role was kind of weird. Yeah. But so it's kind of uncharacteristic for what he normally does. And I think in that way, the girls want to go to a nightclub yeah. probably presents us a more accurate view of what the series is going to be. But this was also really fun, and it shows us exactly who Ricky and Lucy are. Yeah. Because we don't really see Lucy wanting to get into the act until a couple episodes into yeah. the season. I think when they did the... Um, the diet episode that was the first time so and that's like a big part of who she is it's her whole shtick i'm gonna get in ricky's show so i see why they did that for the pilot and i see also why it got picked up because it's so stupid funny (laughs) and you get to see um ricky and his element Mm -hmm. a bit in this one especially with him doing babaloo yeah And I also really liked that, um, you know, a lot of times when Lucy's trying to get into Ricky's act, she's just trying to do it because she wants to be a performer. She wants that attention and she thinks that she's good at it. And it's for herself mostly, which there's nothing wrong with that, but that is the goal. But on this time, she, she did want to get into it for herself, but she also wanted to help Ricky because Buffo wasn't going to be able to go down there and he wouldn't have had anyone to fill in for that role. So she just kind of was like, well, I know the material, so Mm -hmm. I can do it. And she went down there and I also really liked that it was successful. She didn't make a fool of herself and she was really funny. And And he didn't like yell at her and be like, I told you, no, go home. Yeah, I think he wouldn't have been upset at all if it wasn't for the fact that she got offered a show and he did and his pride was wounded. Yeah. (laughs) So that was fun. So the couple of times we have seen her sort of, like, sneak into his show, he's just kind of, like, gone with it. Yeah. <laughs> that That's definitely going to change. <laughs> but so far it's it's been pretty pretty successful for both of them. Yeah. Um, did you have any other thoughts? So I did have, I did like the couple of lines. I liked the, the line about you're missing a good bit. Mm-hmm. And it looked like she was talking about a patch that he hadn't shaved, but... She meant, you know, I can sing and dance. Yeah. And do jokes. That whole 
bit in there with the physical comedy was really funny. Her mimicking his face as yeah. well. <laughs> the obviously the act was very good. Obviously it was fun watching him perform Babalu. One thing that is this is kind of unrelated, but it kind of is a little personal story about me, is that I often have Babalu stuck in my head when I'm <laughs> visiting family in Guatemala because there is a type of gum down there, like a chewing gum. I don't know if you guys remember Freshen Up because it's kind of hard to find up here. It's still very popular down there. Oh. It's like it's like chewing gum, but it's got like a little liquid center. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a similar thing, and it's called Bubbaloo. Mm. And it's, it tends to be like you buy the pieces individually instead of like in a roll. That's cute. And they tend to be like blue raspberry flavored or whatever. They're more like out there flavors instead of just the pink gum flavor. So when I'm in Guatemala, I tend to have Babalu stuck in my head at least <laughs> once because I'm always looking for Babalu. So <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I also thought it was sweet how excited Ricky was at the thought of maybe she's going to tell me that she's having a baby because she's like... Oh, there's something I wanted to tell you about that, and it should make you very happy. And he's dreamily looking off to the stars, thinking about their child. And she's just like, here's your favorite pie, which was very funny. (laughs) And of course, I know because of the last few episodes, I know that she is actually pregnant in this scene, but the character isn't. Yeah. (laughs) I think she had, she had already had the baby, but um, when they filmed... The pilot, for sure, she was pregnant at that time. But they, in their real lives, already had a child. <laughs> and the Ricardos don't. And that will change. Mm-hmm. But we're not there yet, unfortunately. So you had mentioned that you actually looked into the, the meaning and the history of the song Babalu. Would you mind sharing some of that? So, apparently, Babalu IA is a sort of a... A divinity mm-hmm. in Cuban yeah. Santeria. So, Babalu. I know that much, and that's yeah. why he like looks up at the ceiling while he's yeah. beating the drum and playing it because it's like a prayer. Right. Um, Babalu Aye is um, a more or less traditional Cuban song, mm-hmm. from what I understand, and it's been performed by a number of um, famous people. I think his is the most famous yeah. rendition of it, but a lot of people have done it. And a lot of people have covered his version, which mm-hmm. is kind of fun how it has that evolution. And I think the song is a prayer to this divinity, but mm-hmm. it's also, I think it's, he wants money, he wants this woman, and he wanted something else, and he's asking for protection and success for all of them. So it's kind of cute. It's nice that you've got this, like, blatant paganism right yeah. there in the middle of a 50s sitcom. And it's so popular that people were buying the record. You know? So... <laughs> Doing good business out there for something, yeah. Yeah. So the song that Lucy plays on the Sex of Ibatrona Vonovich. Oh, God. What, <laughs> what is that again? Sex of Ibatrona Vonovich. Oh, God. It's, uh, it's about two inches long when you type it out on the <laughs> computer screen. <laughs> uh, the song that she plays on that lovely instrument is called How Dry I Am, or also known as The Near Future. And it was written by Irving Berlin in 1919. Nice. And it sort of became like a meme before the internet. It was really popular, and uh, people used it as sort of like a shorthand for, well, we're going to get drunk now, because during Prohibition, people would say they were dry because they didn't have alcohol. And so naturally it became a drinking song to talk about how dry you are. 
So it's like, anyway, so here's Wonderwall. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was such a thing that, like, sometimes in, like, the Looney Tunes cartoons, you'll hear Bugs Bunny jokingly singing How Dry I Am, or, you know, whoever, in scenes where they're being drunk, or, like, if they're in that saloon that Yosemite Sam always hangs out in, which seems to travel around, but that's a whole <laughs> different podcast. So oh, God, can you imagine if we did a Looney Tunes podcast? <laughs> Let's add that to the list. <laughs> also, Lucy references George Burns and Gracie Allen, who were known as the comedy duo Burns and Allen. The two met in 1922 while performing in vaudeville together, and they married in 1926. They performed together in movies, radio, and television over the next several decades until Gracie's retirement in 1958, and remain married until Gracie's untimely death in 1964. Oh, dear. Yeah. She had, I think she had heart disease. Oh. So, it was sad. But, um, the Burns and Allen show co-starred future I Love Lucy guest star B. Benaderet, who starred on Lucy's radio show My Favorite Husband as Iris Atterbury, which is the character that eventually evolved into Ethel Burns. Oh. Yeah, so... I, I also really like them. I'm a big fan of Gracie Allen, so it was fun to look into them a little. Uh, another pop culture reference, um, when Lucy says, yeah, I bet if Ziegfeld or Earl Carroll saw me, they'd snap me up in a minute. Those are both famous theater producers. Um, Florence Ziegfeld created a show called Ziegfeld's Follies, which ran yeah. from 1907 to 1931. And he, that one I've heard of. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty big deal. He was inspired by the Follies Brugere in Paris. I'm pretty sure I probably said that in a very unsophisticated and American way, and I apologize. For practicing our French. Yes. <laughs> and the shows included singing, dancing, and gymnastics, and acrobatics, and of course, beautiful showgirls. Ziegfeld was actually known for launching the careers of countless beautiful showgirls, and a lot of other popular entertainers of the era. And he was actually married to the actress Billy Burke, who went on to play Glinda in The Wizard of Oz. I was going to say, I just saw something about her, and I think you posted something on Facebook, and that's yeah, what it was. <laughs> we're, we're actually um, recording this on Billy Burke's birthday, which is a total coincidence. Yes. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah. And the song that Lucy hums when she comes in and she's got like a lampshade or whatever on her head and she's being a showgirl is called A Pretty Girl is Like a Melody and Aww. it was the signature song of the Ziegfeld Follies and several movies have been made about Ziegfeld and about the Follies and that includes 1946's Ziegfeld's Follies in which Lucille Ball performs a number where she cracks a whip over a bunch of chorus girls and they're like pretending to be horses oh wow. and it's a whole thing and that sounds wild yeah <laughs> and she's wearing this most beautiful dramatic showgirl costume it's like hot pink and she has this huge headdress which kind of reminds me of something that she wears in a later episode of i love lucy so it's really fun and earl carroll was also a theatrical producer and he had shows that were like they were called Earl Carroll's Vanities, Earl Carroll's Sketchbook, and my favorite title, Murder at the Vanities. What? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's Is that like, also a sketch comedy? I have no idea. I guess it's like a showgirl production, but also a murder mystery. I don't know. It sounds fun. 
And Sounds all like of a whole the, lot. Yeah. <laughs> all of those shows actually inspired movies in the 30s and 40s. And I kind of want to, like, track down yes. some of these. Especially Murder at the Vanities, not going to lie. And Carol was nicknamed the Troubadour of the Nude. Because, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What he had this? the most scantily clad showgirls in all of Hollywood. Oh, wow. So, um... And this was in the 20s? Yeah, 20s and 30s, and I... So this I was before the Hayes Code? Yeah, but I mean, also, these were uh, theatrical productions uh, and not movies, so... They just had nudity everywhere. Yes. It was like, you went to Broadway, you expected to see titties. <laughs> or um, even in, like, the silent movies, they just have all these sylphs running around, and it's yeah. like, why, what, what plot purpose does this serve? How are you gonna be entertained without hot naked girls? I mean, people still think that, so... True. That's, that's just kind of entertaining. It's just Hollywood. <laughs> I think we talked about our favorite lines, or you mentioned mm-hmm. you mentioned yours. My favorite line actually is kind of like an inside joke. Um, when Lucy says that a pretty showgirl should demonstrate the sponsor's product mm-hmm. by drinking it, waxing the floor with it, driving off in it, and then she frantically adds, or smokes it. Yeah. Um, she kind of gives this like look to the audience. Yeah. It's because their sponsor on I Love Lucy was Philip Morris cigarettes. I so. wonder because it was such a, such a like, such a frantic yeah. add-on, and then she like had that you know it broke the fourth wall. Yeah. And I was just like or smoked like I thought that was like a pop culture reference, mm-hmm. and I was like what is what's that a reference to? Yeah, but it's funny that it's their own sponsor. And like the way that back then on TV sponsors were such a part of your show, like they would literally be like this is. You know, Bob Hope Chevy show for his show when Chevy sponsored it. Mm-hmm. And, like, the sponsor's name is shown before the star's name and stuff like that. So there would be no way that the people watching wouldn't have known that Philip Morris was the sponsor. So everyone would have been in on that joke. That's funny. So, you know, overall, I really, really enjoyed this episode. I know I say that every week. <laughs> you really, really enjoy all of them. That's why we're here. This is my favorite show, <laughs> and I like, like, pretty much all of the episodes. I I don't know if there will be one that we'll get to where I'll be like, yeah, it's fine. This is fine. It'll be fun if we do, because there's going to be some Contrast. discussion. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do really enjoy this one. Lucy's very silly and so funny in that... Uh, professor bit that you can't not love it and just the cello with like the plunger, plunger. and her shooting the bow and it Hits getting Ricky, Ricky in the butt <laughs> this is all very silly so overall how'd you feel about it? I thought it was really cute I thought it would have been a cute pilot um, if they'd chosen to go mm-hmm. with it apart from the Mertz's being weird Yeah. but I mean not I mean not the usual kind of weird just yeah. narratively weird <laughs> Half not there and half in a different role. A different capacity. But why would you need Ricky's agent in yeah. the pilot? Like, so I get it. But, um, but yeah, I thought it was really cute. I thought it was a good showcase of what their characters are about and what they can do and what they bring to the show, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Plus a lot of um, social commentary at the time with "I want a wife who's just a wife," which is mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little little bit patriarchy for modern. Yeah. Case. So that's a, that's always a little just have a room full of women just kind of like and I feel like grimacing. Lucy's that wife that she's probably still gonna be doing all of those yeah. things even if she has like a show where she's the star and like that's evidenced by the fact that 
in their real life, she was still, like, the mom, and she was cleaning. He was the one that did the cooking in real life, mm-hmm. but she did everything else. Well, I mean, he's Cuban. He is, and he also just really enjoyed doing it, yeah. and it was not something she was great at. Yeah. So, like, that's another one of the legends about her. She <laughs> would invite people over for dinner parties, and people would be like, so who cooked tonight? And, yeah. um, Not gonna lie, that pie was store bought. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she definitely swung by the grocery store and picked that up on yeah. the way home. But, anyways, next week we will be discussing the seance. Ooh. Oh goodness, <laughs> I already have opinions. <laughs> You're gonna have a lot more after you see the episode, <laughs> trust me. And in this episode, Lucy and Ethel are going to experiment with the metaphysical and possibly contact the other side. So we will see you back here then. Bye. We should probably add a disclaimer while it's still recording that um, our animals were particularly invested in this episode. And so if there are tinkly little bells or little woofs that got past the editing stage. Or cute little kitty snores. Uh-huh. So. They're just, just the uh, audience that also helped us watch I Love Lucy and record. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher to make sure you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram at My Favorite Redhead, on Tumblr and Facebook at My Favorite Redhead Podcast. Tweet us at MyFaveRedhead or drop us a line at MyFaveRedheadPodcast at gmail.com. And if you love Lucy and you enjoy our show, give us a good rating and review.